Uh, all right. Well, ready, ready, ready to go when you are. Are you sure? There's some movement. Yeah, I uh, my my mouse was caught under something. Okay. Was it trapped under like a brick? That was a loud noise. It was trapped under my skull. Okay. I have a skull on my desk. Yeah, that makes sense. Welcome to Artificial Ghost Radio, your unofficial guide to navigating the airwaves. I'm Miles. And I'm Mars. This is a podcast where we rediscover what makes music so special. Mar- uh, Miles. Yeah, are you sure I'm not Mars? <laughs> I can't believe it. I almost called you my own goddamn name again. I've done that before. <laughs> <sighs> What's up? Well, I was about to say that, hey, I didn't need to scramble to look at my notes i actually remembered it this time but then i forgot your name and just and put <laughs> my name in there uh, so like you know one step forward two steps back isn't that the lyrics to that song about like he likes hip-hop and she likes cbs program what the fuck is that song i'm really ha- i'm out of it i think i'm about to <laughs> I forgot I was fucking for like 20 seconds. <laughs> so, are are we going to have... Opposites attract? <laughs> yeah, what's up? When are we going to have an episode where we're both, um, well? <laughs> Not until at least November, bud. Yeah, and depending on how the elections go. Mm. Which, by the way, vote... I mention it every episode because it's very important. I feel like our audience ship that is in America are the type of people that, if they are of age, they would be registered to vote. Absolutely, absolutely. But for anyone new finding the show, you know, like, I I don't want to miss an opportunity if I've got it. Sure. So anyway, um, Miles, we're going to have a little bit of deja vu with this one. Mm -hmm. A a little, a little bit of... A, a little bit of the Matrix shit. I've never seen the Matrix. The first one is very good, and then I don't have a solid opinion on the second and third movie, because I um, have not seen them. I feel much. like they are critically panned. The yeah. first scene of the Matrix, the first one, is mm-hmm. um in my grade twelve philosophy class. We watched clips from uh, a few different movies that exemplified uh, particular points in philosophy that we were trying to make. We also watched, like, The Truman Show. Then we watched, like, right, a bit yeah, of sure. and shit. There's a, a lot of stuff happening. Oh, and that one movie where, like, there are people who can see the future and there are fucking police officers. What the fuck is that called? That one. I you have know. no idea, my dude. I, I do not know. I remember as well okay anyway let's just can we talk about let's just talk about the matrix keanu reeves isn't it fucking wild that like right-wing fascists use like the red pill as like as part of their slang even though that movie was made by two trans women mm-hmm. as terrible as I, those two trans women are they're still trans women and it's wild sure. that they love that movie so much and it's about like freedom of oppressed people and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Well, I think it just proves the point that That's stupid. um exactly they don't understand metaphors. Oh well, it's it's like how the alt right likes reservoir dogs. Right. Like, yeah. That's about killing Nazis, you fucking idiots. As shit as Quentin Tarantino is, and we have talked extensively about how shit Quentin Tarantino is, it's still a movie about fucking murdering Nazis. Yeah, as much as I hate Quentin Tarantino, at least he really hates Nazis. 
which that shouldn't, much which shouldn't be like it shouldn't be like an additional benefit towards yeah right that should be like a standard that should be the expectation right modern culture am i right oh, yeah because like at this point if you know if you support the current administration in any way you are most likely a fascist the current administration in america that's yes the american situation as as everyone outside of the u.s will call it Mm -hmm. that has unfortunately made quite a big impact on australian politics yeah yeah it has kind of a big impact uh a lot of places because we're kind of big on the world stage Mm -hmm. There was one politician that started making a podcast, which is already a great statement. Yeah, that was that's going to go great. That was in support of uh, Trump and his ideals. And I can't remember what it was called, but it was just like, the honesty podcast, or like, saying the right. things that people would, don't want to admit, or whatever. And it's just talking terrible, terrible things about people. And that's the sort of climate that we're in. <laughs> climate? Yeah. Climate. And it's not fantastic. I feel like as a general rule, if a podcast has the word truth in it, it is usually a right-wing podcast. I don't, like, I I don't know why, but that just, well, I guess I know why, but that's just what, what yeah, it is. Yeah, Serial doesn't need to put fucking truth in their title. Right, yeah. If you need to spell it out for people, and it's like, this is the real truth, and you can't just let people listen to it and make up their minds, you're probably lying about something right yeah anyway we have been recording for eight minutes and have not even for a second brought up i think anything funny or interesting um okay so fart joke fart joke fart joke fart joke rubber chicken um piss shit emoji how about that emoji movie am i right yeah yeah patrick stewart get it because in that one bit he says I'm number two, and because it's a shit thing. Right, yeah. Patrick Stewart, in his greatest role, he trained as an actor his whole life. He's been knighted. He's been knighted. Sir Poop Emoji. Anyway, it's the iridescent. It's yeah. the iridescence special. It is. We're I told talk about this episode nine, but episode nine is sort of a Frankenstein. This monster. We're going off the rails a bit. Yeah. Half of it is my semi D and D section. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like this podcast was on the rails for about three episodes, and then three episodes is charitable. Yeah, and then we started like doing that that Wallace and Gromit thing where you're building the train tracks in front of you as you're going. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so Brockhampton several weeks back released Iridescence, their fourth major studio release, and the only album that we can listen to for like well-established reasons for established reasons so let's 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 start with this this album got to number one in the u.s and also other countries as well Mm -hmm. Uh, australia being one of them i i think i believe i can google that that is a very google googleable thing it got to number six okay from from what I understand, and I, I don't know the full story, but from what I understand, at least part of the reason why is because every member of Brockhampton was uh, did a like Twitter campaign to get the album to number one, and they kept saying shit like, just play the album on loop in your pocket with the volume down. Yeah. Which uh, I think is hilarious. Yeah, a bit funny. <laughs> I don't think they really even need to do that. I I don't know that they necessarily did either. So we personally have talked about this a little bit. This is not your favorite Brockhampton album. Yeah. Do you want me to talk about that? Yeah, I, I, I do. I feel like for me, and this might get a bit weird, but I'm a fucking Bachelor of Arts student. So <laughs> let me live. Let me sure. spread my wings. In my metaphysical context, I it's not that it isn't my favorite Brockhampton album because this almost doesn't feel like a Brockhampton album. Or sure. maybe that all of the other albums aren't Brockhampton albums. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is separate. I can't put it on the same scale because there's other albums, like, if you're looking at a roller coaster, it is all of like the up, going up, going up. And uh-huh. then this album, Iridescence, is 50 loops. <laughs> like... 
it is all about yeah. how life changes when you look at it from a different direction. It is iridescent. Mm-hmm. And that actually, that's something I'm going to go into later. But uh, I, I agree with you that like as as it is, I it's not my favorite Brockhampton album either. But I, I do like every song. Yes, yeah, I'm. I don't think there's a bad song in there. No, I, I, I have enjoyed like each time I have re-listened to the album. Mm-hmm. And and I guess my last point is that uh, while I might maybe suggest a saturation album or something like that to a friend that hasn't listened to Brockhampton, I wouldn't recommend Iridescence as a first album to listen to because it's sure. almost like it is too personal. It's like recommending mm-hmm. like music from like a SoundCloud artist that only talks about how they almost committed suicide. It's like that's yeah, not the sort of yeah. energy that you want to bring to your friend. It's the sort of energy that they will find themselves. I think that my my biggest like problem with the album is the way it's structured, and I think the way it's structured is is very intentional. And I think that like. It's it's exactly serving that purpose, and I respect that artistically. However, I don't think it's very fun to listen to. Mm-hmm. The mood dips like in and out a lot, and we talked about yeah. how like you think that um some of the tracks could have been rearranged, but also mm-hmm. it's kind of like you can't listen to it out of order because some of the tracks like have continuing narration and like. Mm-hmm continuing themes so it's, well it's difficult i think i've solved that problem but we'll get into that do you want to get into it now bitch well i guess i i guess i can um now personally like because I, I agree with you i don't think i would recommend iridescence as a first album but i also have like a moral objection to recommending the saturation trilogy i think that's fair on a personal and, note like it's it's kind of like for me the songs that i i think i would recommend are the the three songs that they released for things we lost in the fire i think that's a good introduction yeah definitely diana and wildfire are fantastic i just don't know that it's enough of an introduction to really hook somebody into getting into iridescence yeah i think the thing is and because like what we're alluding to is uh what's his dick uh in the Mm -hmm. previous trilogy and i think it is a personal choice because i can still listen to the saturation trilogy and it's just because I only appreciate the members that aren't shitheads. And I know sure. that it's hard to separate art for the artist. But also there is something to be said for death of the artist. And mm-hmm. I, don't know, I feel like it's up to everyone to make a personal decision. But also, yeah. I think you're right in saying that I wouldn't necessarily go out of my way to say, you should listen to these albums, parenthetical, but... <laughs> Like, <laughs> right, yeah. this shitty part of it, because I don't think that's constructive or helps anyone get into an artist if they're, like, apprehensive. Yeah, Wouldn't yeah, absolutely. Wouldn't be, like, a big plus if someone went up to me and was like, you should listen to this band, although this person's a <laughs> shithead and they've now been fucking excommunicated. I'd be like, uh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> interesting. Yeah, I, that said, I think Iridescence is kind of objectively their best project or at least it's like the most refined project they've released it's more balanced than it's ever been bareface is pretty prominent on it i think it's um because they recorded this one at abbey road right yeah yeah and so they can just scream because <laughs> it's very soundproof and you don't have to worry about neighbors and for a band that is like started very small and was very like garage you know grassroots mm very small audience to becoming very, very popular now. I feel like that it can either make or break a group like that is that either that fame and that opportunity will go to their heads, which in this case, it definitely wouldn't, or it can Mm -hmm. be like this and it can result in an album that has so much more loudness and so much more emotion than the previous ones. Yeah. I think that's a good point. And something that I didn't consider is that, yeah, recording in this, this, big soundproof studio it's like we just threw went through a really sort of shitty situation we went through a lot and like now we just want to scream and also how cathartic can i just say how cathartic Uh that they can say with certainty that despite what's his dick being kicked off the band they can record an album at fucking abbey road right that is a sign of fucking freeing yourself from an awful incident and it's a sign of you can still make this you can still be successful 
and you are what makes the music good. Absolutely. Like, this was definitely an important project for them to make. It's it's an album that they really needed to make, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I, de- I mentioned earlier that my... My biggest issue with this album is how it's structured, because you're right, like, at the, especially the first half, I think the second half is is a little easier. The first half is, like, high energy, low energy, high energy, low energy, just New Orleans, then Thug Life, Berlin, then something about him, where the cash at, and then wait. Wait's a heavy one (laughs) to be mid-album. To be the sixth song. (laughs) This is a lot. (laughs) Fam, that's a lot. Again, I think this is intentional, absolutely. I, I don't think it's a mistake, and, and just because I don't particularly like it doesn't mean that I think it should be changed in an official way. You know what it reads like to me, before you get what? into your reordering? It feels sure. like to me, uh, almost like an initiation, like if you can't fuck with our ordering of the first half, then and right. like it being yeah, all yeah. over the place and crazy, then you're probably not going to enjoy the rest of the album or Brockhampton in general. Yeah. Because yeah. they're like that. They're up and down all the fucking time. Like I said before, fucking loop-de-loops. Yeah. So, yeah, in this modern day of, of computing, I can make uh, a playlist where I can just order the songs in any way that I want. Mm-hmm. And... I spent like a significant amount of time like listening through it and moving songs around and, and trying to really figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I think that I found for me personally, like like the perfect order for all these songs. Mm-hmm. You know how like fucking nerds came up with a special way to watch Star Wars that's apparently better than all the other ways. Yeah, you go fucking four, five, mm-hmm. two, three, don't, don't do one, then five, six, seven, eight. I went Rogue One as the 3.5. Yeah, that's basically what I've done here on a smaller scale, I guess. So I'm going to go ahead and call this the Mars method of listening to the album. Sure. Do you want to, um, instead of just going through the track list? Uh-huh. Like, maybe go for, like, you know, this part is, like, all of the slow songs, and then there's, like, heavier songs, like, maybe describe it more in that context. No, I, I, I think, I think I'm gonna just go through the track list and kind of explain my, my thinking on it, mm-hmm. because uh, I want to take up as much of your time as possible and really make you stew in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, you're right in that I have sort of structured it to have a more gentle ride, I guess you would say. Like, if we're, if we're comparing this to a roller coaster, uh, then, like, the original order is, like, a bunch of really quick hills at the start, and then a gentle ride. Mm-hmm. And then mine is is just more like consistent. So like the the first chunk is New Orleans. It's the original first song. I think it really works with the first song. Uh, and then the second song, which I always mispronounce, Javert. Javert. Okay. Which the reason the main reason why I have it, it second is because I think it really you know it continues the energy of New Orleans and it also gets in that take it all or leave it mm. like close to the start of the album which I think makes more sense district and then we go into a little mini break with Tanya and then something about him jump into where the cash at Berlin loop hill tape vivid honey thug life wait San Marcos fabric Okay. And I'll send you this. Obviously, you're not going to listen to it all the way through now because that would be a f- like 40 minutes of silence. Just fucking hang up on you. Yeah, fully. Yeah. I mean, I'll listen to it after the fucking recorder. Right, yeah. But uh, I'll, I'll link it in the description of the episode and on our Twitter post when it goes live, which I, which I guess is technically now, but by the time people are hearing this with their ears. Yeah. Go check right now. Yeah, go check right now. It's probably... If it's not there, then yell at me, I guess. It'll be there. Don't yell at Mars. And I, I'm really happy with this this sort of reordered playlist, because my original solution to this was to just, like, 
take like the songs that I really looked forward to when I was listening through the album, which were basically all of the loud songs. Mm-hmm. And I put them in a playlist called Brockhampton, comma, loud. Uh-huh. And like that was my solution. Uh, and then today I was like, but I, I do like all the other songs and I don't want to throw them away. And also the album literally says, take it all or leave it. And feels like kind of a dick move to, le- to leave some of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I, so that's that's all I have to, to say about that. I, I'll again, I'll link it if you wanna if you wanna check it out. If you also felt, I'm trying to find like the like abrasive, but like like you've been ab- abrased. That's not that's I, not a, that's not I mean, that's not a word. Is a word, right? Is it? Yeah, it's a fucking word. Oh, okay, you just never hear it. If you've felt abrased by this album, then you know maybe maybe give the reordered playlist a listen and uh see if see if it treats you a little better i would say maybe if the album challenged you then the reorder might be better yeah yeah for sure uh because again i i think all of these songs are are absolutely worth listening to i think this album is absolutely worth listening to yeah and i think it's worth listening to in its entirety but that said listening to the original order is not especially fun and i that's just it it's not always the mood that you want yeah yeah um but yeah that's that's all i have to say on that all right so i will just say quickly um because i'm on the genius page of course genius sponsor Mm -hmm. us it's interesting because you can see the amount of views that our particular lyrics pages have and going on that the least popular song is loophole and the most popular song is javert well okay what's the second most least popular song because loophole is just a skit what is the second i think it is tape it's tape yeah i really like tape tape with 62.1k well i mean that's still a lot oh still quite a bit oh wait something about him has 54.2 oh something about him is lower yeah. Wasn't expecting that. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because that, it's that gay shit. I really adore that song. It is, it's nice to just have a cutesy gay love song. Conversely, like, I quite like Wait because it's not and it's very emotional. Yeah, Wait is the, is the opposite of cutesy, I think. Yeah. Like, Wait, Wait is... That is the perfect descriptor for what that song is. Yeah. You know what, Mars? What up? I think white is the perfect representation of iridescence because it does this thing where, like, they're talking about all of their inner demons, they're talking about all of their struggles and their baggage, all the shit that they've gone through when becoming famous, but it's still this very, like, it it isn't a dark-sounding track, it isn't a depressing-sounding track, it is quite, like... Mm -hmm soft and slow and very sweet which is um it's so interesting when brockhampton does that because a lot of the songs can be really just fast and loud yeah that sort of sort of heavy lyrics with light beautiful instrumentation is is i think something that that tyler the creator is is very good at and and kind of known for he is yeah i mean tyler is is definitely an influence on brockhampton Mm -hmm. in at least you know they at least respect him oh yeah did i have a did i have a point you tell me. Ooh, really, really thinking on if I had a point. Let me let me think about that. Hmm. hmm. I think the point was that um, I'm gay. Yeah, but I think iridescence is very much explained by the whole them struggling with being famous, and yeah, yeah like you absolutely. said, the the mixture of very heavy lyrics with very light music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one that I'll appreciate more and more as I listen to the album more and more. Mm-hmm. I, I this is something that I think is is pretty common with with Brockhampton, and I think it's just because they tend to bring a sort of different noise and a different energy to their music than than you typically are prepared for, even if you're a Brockhampton fan. Sometimes, yeah. Uh, that you listen to one of their albums like the first time and you're like, hmm, I don't know if I like that that album. Mm-hmm. And then you listen to it more and you're like, no, wait a second. I think I like this album. And then you listen to it more and you're like, yeah, I love this thing. 
Yeah. I don't know that I'm at love yet with Iridescence, but I, I feel like with the reorder and listening to it a couple more times, I think I think I will get there. Because yeah. again, all the songs are great. It's just there's 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 so much there. There's so much there. Hey Miles, we've been talking for forty minutes. You wanna head into the break? Oh sure. Hey, welcome to the break. I wanted to use this time this week to give a special shout out to my best friend Althea. Without her, I don't think I would be anywhere close to where I am now. She's an amazing person and the most amazing, fantastic friend I could possibly imagine. Thank you, Althea, for being the uncomfortable shoulder for me to lean on sometimes. If you have any kind words that you want to share with another listener during the break here, you can send them to our DMs at ArtsGhostPod or at our Gmail at ArtsGhostPod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back. To the show. Sorry, Mars. Mm-hmm. You will remember that at some point a few episodes ago, I can't remember which one, you did a little guessing game where you picked an article and uh, you separated some of the words out of it, and I had to guess what words fit into the title of the article. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. Whatever. So I picked a couple of uh, music-related ones, and I think that'd be really fun, fun. because I really enjoyed doing that, and I think it's really fun for, like, I love listening to people doing these sorts of things and trying to, like, figure it out before they do. It's it's, it's interactive, everybody. Yeah, you can do it. Just shout the answers uh, on the bus. Uh, Out your window. In your mom's car. Your mom. Cry (laughs) her open. Shout. (laughs) Hey, let's let's get into this. This little goofy game that you've got going on sorry that i stole your bit that's okay i forgot that i did it i also did until i was thinking about things that we could do (laughs) okay blank collaborates with blank to cover mozart hmm hmm um what what sort of hint system do i have i will give you a hint for one of the gaps and Mm -hmm. i can tell you what type of word it will be right yeah that's last time that's uh didn't i have another thing i cannot remember bud i can't either uh what's what's the part of speech for the first word it is an artist right that makes sense Slash, I guess, a noun. Are people nouns? They're nouns, right? Huh. See, the issue with this one is that there are approximately 3,000 billion artists. Yeah, with this one, it's less like I'm not taking down points. Like, I could do it in the scale that you did last time. Like, oh, you got pretty close. I'll give you, you know, like one or two points. I could do uh-huh. that. Because cause this is like, you're almost certainly not going to get it so the first part is an artist and the second part of the sentence is a musical duo okay so i'm gonna go with kid rock and tenacious d team up to to cover mozart (laughs) that's not like the furthest away thing (laughs) is is the problem do you want to know the actual answer wait does kid rock still operate Does Ki- does Kid Rock still do? Jack White collaborates with Insane Clown Posse to cover Mozart. Huh. Huh. So not like the furthest. Yeah, I could have. I could have been farther away. I give you a. If we're doing the the point system, I'd give that a two. Yeah. All right. All right. Second one. There are three. Second one. Okay. Okay. And I'll just say like the type of thing it is in the sentence. That's easier. Sure. <clears throat> Artist. Like, insert artist here. Like, whatever. Sure. Blank word artist here. Post topless dessert pick proves she's adjective. Um. So what's the artist and what is the adjective? So I'm a bit confused because what's a topless dessert pick? Is it like a picture of you with the dessert and also your topless? Or is it a picture of a dessert shaped like someone who's topless i do not I believe i think she was like wearing like a, a dessert themed bra or something oh okay okay that's that's all i could guess from that because otherwise i'd be very weird 
Hmm. What is the genre of music that this artist is most known for? Pop. Okay. What was the name of the host on... Um, you wouldn't know this. Uh, on the original run of American Idol. Mm-hmm. Kelly Clarkson? Yeah, I think it was Kelly Clarkson. Wrong! Kelly Clarkson takes topless dessert pick to uh, shows that she's still got it. You <laughs> <laughs> went with Kelly Clarkson before you went with anyone else. Okay. <laughs> the I struggled to think of anyone that's less close than the first one the real article title is miley cyrus post topless dessert pic proves she's alive wait a second at what point did we think that she was dead i know i was like because it was just on like 50 wacky like article titles and it was right it was this and i was like what the fuck did she almost get assassinated or something like what the fuck and why is dessert important to this i don't know like um i almost thought you would guess like katy perry or something because it's a very katy perry thing to do so the whole thing is that i really wanted to go with the goof of she's still got it so i went with someone a bit more dated uh, for, yeah a bit more dated yeah god all right well I think that maybe be a 1.5. You were getting there. <laughs> okay. All right. Sure. Okay. So last one. Hold on to your noun. Boy band, like insert boy band here, are performing live from MTV on Monday. So what is the mm. noun and what is the boy band? <sighs> so I feel like since this is a Brockhampton based episode, it would be fitting to have the boy band be Brockhampton. However, I don't know if that is true. Hmm. Those are the two options. Is it's either Brockhampton or it's not. <laughs> the two options are Brockhampton or Anything literally else. anyone else. Mm-hmm. You can start with noun if you want, like figure out a fun noun. Yeah, hold on to your butts. Mm-hmm. Uh, hold on to your 50-gallon cowboy hat. Because <laughs> you're going to lose it. Um, hold on to your wallet because the notorious thieves are playing at the, sh- the place. The place where shows happen. The place where shows happen and also they're going to rob you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you the audience because yep. that's the that's the joke that i made this is nothing what's your final answer uh my final answer is hold on to your cash one direction is playing at the thing okay no do that again <laughs> so no 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 i'm not doing it again uh yeah let's just go with hold on to your butts one Direction is playing at, what was it, Madison Square Garden? It was like live from MTV. Yeah, Madison Square Garden. Madison Square I said Garden. it right. Okay, so I would give that, like, a two pretty close to a three, if you're going for okay. the one, two, three. You got pretty fucking close. Okay. The The real article title is, hold on to your underwear, pretty close to what? Butts. Five seconds of summer are performing, <laughs> performing live from MTV. Okay. Because, right. you know, they I did the... I should have guessed, because I think One Direction is... Are they broken up since Zane left? I didn't keep up with I believe that. so, yes. Okay. And it's hold on to your underwear, I'm assuming, because they did that you look so perfect standing there in my American apparel underwear. Probably, or... Or the terrible underwear thieves. Yeah, right. Maybe it's a, like, just come in your undies sort of show. That's just bad. Just come in your undies? Mars. <laughs> Martian. What did I say? Don't say the cum word on this. No. (laughs) It's marked as explicit, and that's That's not what I meant, and you know it. I know. I'm doing a funny bit. You're doing a funny bit, but this isn't a comedy podcast. We're serious. (laughs) It's not like that's one of the main tags that our podcast is under. No. This is. I'm going to change that tag to serious. Serious business. Serious business. Only serious listeners may apply. So, Mars. Yeah. Yeah. So, want to keep doing the podcast? Uh, yeah. Uh, hey, Miles. Hey, Mars. What the fuck are we doing? <laughs> you don't have to say the fuck word to me.
<laughs> the fuck word. That's my favorite term is don't say the fuck word. Um, we're going to pick at least one song to sort of go more in depth with on Iridescent. Sure, sure. Hey, Miles. Hi, Miles. What's your semi new favorite for this week? Pretty new, I would say. It's like a fairly new. It's getting a little bit moldy. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's there's a bit of a there's a bit of a sour smell to it now. Well, no, if, 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 if we've pretty much decided that like if you've heard the song in like the last month, it's like a quote unquote new favorite about that time period. There are no rules. Just right. Okay. My song is Berlin. Okay, let's go. Hey, you can do. I was going to start going into, um, <laughs> what's that Gwen Stefani song? Oh, um, is, well, is it Bananas? Yeah. What's that fucking called? Bananas. Few times been around that track, so it's not just, hold about girl. Hell yeah. That's right. Um, it's, it's not called Bananas. <laughs> it's just how we spell Bananas in our generation. I know. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Yeah. That shit is bananas, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. So my song that I've picked is Berlin. <laughs> uh-huh. Which was at the fourth track. It was. Yes. I remember that. Um, and I love the fucking chunky, grimy ass music and production on this song. It's very Oh absolutely. Like guttural and kinda almost like grungy. It's very like it's bass boosted to shit. It's very like, yeah. It's it's one of the songs on this album that we were talking about earlier that like contrasts the more serious songs, even though it still has quite serious lyrics. Yeah. yeah okay. Well, even though we've we've both heard the song extensively, mm-hmm. let's g- give 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 it a listen. <laughs> sure. Obviously, I love the the chorus and the opening of the song. Uh, Baby boy, why you looking grimy as shit? I'll make the wrist watch flood let diamonds film, I think. If I got colors on my neck, what would my mama think? We got the weapon tucked on, let's make these boys extinct. Now look, look. Hell yeah. Um, it is iconic. Hey, Brock Hampton. First name Brock, last name Hampton. Let us join your band. Look, Hell yeah. We've proven that we are totally uh, good enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that Bareface contributed to the first two lyrics of the chorus and just said, I look dirty, but mm-hmm. I smell good, I swear. And then the top comment under that is, dude, you're performing in 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Which only leads me to believe he was on the Genius Series page before they performed this about two weeks ago. But I love the idea that this other person was also on the Genius Lyrics page for this song. Yeah, why the fuck Do, were you like here? just in the the fucking concert hall waiting for the show to start? Well, I guess I'm gonna check out the lyrics for this song that is not playing. Yeah, I want to sing along and I want to get every single word right. So, so, I really like this song. And I talked about it's this very good, um, yeah. in the bit that we cut from the last episode, because I'm still picking this one. Fuck you. Is that I think this is a really interesting song, because there's a lot of people of colour in Brockhampton, obviously. And it's an interesting sort of dynamic, I guess, that they have both with the Captain's queerness, and then with like a lot of like black people in the band, and then also with like mentally ill people in the band. They're all talking about different stories. And then they sort of all mishmash into different songs together. And I thought this Uh was really interesting because you're having people talking about, like, becoming part of, like, Crips and Bloods with, like, I've got colours on my neck, what would my mama think? And the bomb verse right after that 
which is traded in the noose they put around us for a Cuban link, which is uh-huh. a big old necklace. And then also what we got from the last episode was me saying that Joe Bro is my favorite boy. And uh-huh. his uh-huh. his verse, I thought it was really interesting when he said, lick my finger, bet I found the wind. I follow that shit wherever it blows. You hung yourself. That's not my fault. I just supplied the rope. And I think it's interesting that he's talking about that, like, amongst these, like, people of color talking about, like, growing up and having, like, a shit time and trying to, like, either, you know, move past it or trying to grow with it. And then him sort of admitting this, like, you know, this was part of my, like, family's history. Like, I can't get past this, but, like, there's still a group. My thoughts sort of mishmashed about this, but I think it's, like, a really interesting dynamic to have within the song. Yeah, I think Joba, I mean, first off, let's let's talk uh, about just like his first line for his verse. Mm-hmm. It's iconic. Yeah, it's absolutely iconic. Good riddance, goodbye, out of sight, out of mind. Like, that's just a really like musical, like great string of words. Mm-hmm. But also his delivery is just so sing-songy and like, I don't know, it's it's joba i think in this album has sort of like defined his style in a a really significant way and i i think that is true for um for a lot of of members and and also what one member that i will get into in my new favorite when we get to that yeah but uh yeah i i feel like one thing that this album does this really well is sort of highlighting the individual members um, better Definitely. than they've ever done on the Saturation Trilogy. I mean, just like having Bareface on more than one song per album. It's wonderful. It's pretty significant and great. There's there's District that's later on, which I, I brought this up in, in the last bit of last episode, but it's kind of a kind of a standout on the album because where the rest of the tracks are really about personal stories mm-hmm. and the sort of interweaving shit and all that district is more like homogenous it's more like representation of brockhampton as an entity and their collective emotions and mm-hmm. all that in that moment when they were making it yeah like uh, on the last part of the episode i talked about how Joba is like a lot of my favorite parts about iridescence because he either does really like pretty sing-songy stuff like you know good riddance goodbye out of sight out of mind uh-huh. or he does like the fucking whack shit like he does on like the very intense song from saturation i can't remember well he does it he does it on uh javert 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 mm-hmm. javert. javert i feel like you don't pronounce the t in french I am very bad at French pronunciation. I am used to Spanish pronunciation. Pronunciation. Fuck off. <laughs> Javert is, um, he has a, a really aggressive section on that where he's, he's basically, he is screaming. Mm-hmm. I love it. So like we were talking it's about very before good. about them having like a proper recording space that's like mm-hmm. mega soundproofed and like extremely professional. He can fucking go speaking of of uh javert i love that right after joba's verse uh merlin has has his section Mm -hmm. where it's a great verse but what i really love about it is his sort of introduction to the song where it really sounds like he's like like a professional wrestler with an emperor theme god you know what I'm what I'm talking. You... Sure. I mean, I'd probably have to re-listen to the song with that mindset, but sure. It's like he's making this grand entrance, and it does give off this sort of kind of egotistical regal vibe, but with this production that makes it feel less like traditional, like Roman emperor, and more grungy, which puts me more in mind of like professional wrestling. Sure. So that's that's my reasoning for that wild thing that I said. <laughs> that's fine. I I mean I think one of one of my standouts for for this album really is Merlin. I think this is is like absolutely best performance on on any album he's been on. But before I get into that, 
what what what, what let's 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 circle back around to Berlin because uh, I think I interrupted you a long time ago and we never got back to your point. That's fine. I think I made my point. Just I think it's an interesting. Um, everyone's talking about like different aspects of their culture and growing up. And also, like, them now existing in the future that they created by starting Brockhampton. Um, like, as before, like, that's a whole theme throughout this album is, like Iridescence, you look at it from different angles and it changes colours. And if you look at these songs from different angles, if you just look at different songs in general, then you will see uh-huh. different parts of both the people and the meanings behind the songs. Yeah, I, I think that that it's... What's kind of difficult about doing a an episode or a segment on this album is that and it's something that it's part of the reason why i think we we kind of failed on our our previous attempt and i mean like it was still like funny but like i don't think it was like a a significant or or significant enough talk about the album as a whole yeah and i think the the main problem we sort of run up against is that to talk about this album and do it any justice, you kind of have to talk about all of it. Yeah, I was going to bring this up earlier, but a lot mm-hmm. of the songs in Iridescence, I wouldn't necessarily listen to by themselves. I wouldn't necessarily play one song above others on like the radio, for example. Some of them right. do translate to that. I feel like Berlin definitely translates to that. But the album feels like an album. Right, like, it. it there are definitely songs on here that... Like, I definitely wouldn't put in, like, a playlist, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I have that that Brockhampton combo loud playlist. Yeah. It's just, you know, all of the Brockhampton songs that are morally listenable, and some other artists as well. What, what, actually, the full title is Brockhampton, comma, loud, in parentheses, with friends. I like that. But uh, it's it's basically just like all of their high energy songs and a yeah. bunch of high energy songs with a similar sort of vibe or at least like philosophy. Yeah. But you're you're absolutely right. Like and and that's why I felt like it was it was really important for me to reorganize it in a way that like sounds good to listen to for me because like. I do feel like listening to this album in its entirety is worthwhile, and I think it's it's an experience to you know it's a it's 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 an experience worth going through. But it's also the album can be a little uh, abrasive and a little hard to get into, and not particularly fun to re-listen to mm. in its in its original state, uh, at least for me and 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 for Miles. Um, but I, I think. You know, like the the reordering sort of allows me to to I guess in, enjoy it more thoroughly and more consistently. Mm-hmm. That's the key, I think, the consistency. Yeah, it's no good with albums because pretty much all albums fall into that. Uh, you don't want people to dip out two thirds of the way through, mm-hmm. which is often what happens because you want to yeah. pile on your very good hit songs at the top of the album, and then you can sort of. Go down, throw in like some of your personal favorites in for color, and then have the ones that you know just sort of make up an album. And like when I first listened to this, uh, the first couple of times that I listened to the original order of this album, like I stopped like halfway through each time. Mm-hmm. You know, I enjoyed all those songs, but I feel exhausted and I need to take a break. Yeah, I did the same thing with Be the Cowboy. Mm, mm. It's a really happy album. Uh, let's get into into my song. Okay, what's your if, song? If you're good with it. So my song is Where the Cash At. Mm-hmm. You could probably see this coming. The audience, maybe not, but you could have. Where the Cash At is sort of Merlin's song. And that's that's something that I, that I really like, is that on this album, instead of it's, it being just like, you know, Kevin is on the hooks all the time... Uh, Bareface comes in at the end, mm-hmm. you know, it's like giving different members of the group, like, more control over individual songs and having them do the hooks and, like, Where the Cash At, especially, is very much, like, a Merlin song. Oh, definitely. Matt Champion is on there, too. He's there just being the, the cutie that everyone has a crush on, like always. The soft boy. But... 
Yeah, he, this is definitely a Marilyn Woods song. Definitely. And so it's like, it's entirely his style, his vibe, mm-hmm. and something that he fucking excels at. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's let's give it a listen. does a great job of showing off the sort of new production style there are a lot of weird noises in the song Mm -hmm. that i really love there's like whirring noises of like some machinery moving Mm -hmm. the like there's shutter clicks at the beginning i love merlin's intro pull up to your house and dump like the trash man yep very good I really like the, uh, like, sing-songy, almost, like, childish quality to, like, some of the lyrics. It's, like, really uh-huh. hyped up and excited in a very, like, I wouldn't say, like, innocent, but, like, youthful, maybe, sort of way. I really enjoy it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, so you remember that, that animation um, that was done by Wertha Kids? Uh, it was for one of the Saturation co- songs. They were in a, the back of an ambulance. Boogie, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Whenever Merlin goes off like this, you know, because he definitely has a lot of range. He can, Tanya is a great example mm-hmm. in, you know, he he can really excel at, at a low energy song. But when he goes off like this. He's excellent. I always imagine him in my head in Worth the Kid's style. <laughs> Because he brings this sort of unexplainable, almost cartoonish energy to this song and and other songs where he goes this it hard. It is cartoonish. It like I that's the word I was looking for. Like I can't imagine a human person actually having this much <laughs> energy and going this hard. So my brain just copes by making him a cartoon. I'm just gonna look at pictures of Melon Wood now. Yeah. I love that picture of him in the uh Fruit Loops. It's <laughs> fucking excellent. God, what a hot boy. Oh yeah. Now all 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 of these boys are supremely dateable. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Everyone always goes for the soft boys, but what about my Merlin? Who among us would not smooch Merlin Wood? The cartoon man. The cartoon man. In in one of the saturation videos, didn't he have a cartoon version of himself just like in one of this like he was flying around with it? I have no idea, but I trust you. I feel like Merlin Wood kind was kind of a a background member for for most of the Saturation trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, he he definitely had his his shining moments, but I feel like here and with other members, you know, I feel like the reason we are both talking so much about Merlin Wood and and Joba and, and Bareface are is that on the previous albums they were sort of given the least amount of stuff. They were given, like, hooks, or they were given single verses. Yeah. In songs, like, largely dominated by Kevin and by Matt. Mm-hmm. But uh, Where the Cash At and uh, Javert... I fucking mispronounced it again, didn't I? Javert. No, you got it. Okay. Like, Where the Cash At is a Merlin song. Javert, Javert is a... Like, has a lot of Joba on it. It's Joba's the hook, has a significant verse. Mm-hmm. He's there throughout the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Um and hell, Bareface appears everywhere on this album. <laughs> yup. He's just he's just all over the place. Like it's, it's great. Fun. Like it's 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 so good to have Bareface just like be treated like a regular member of the band. Mm-hmm. And not just the sad boy who comes at the end. Capital S Capital B sad boy. <laughs> I I guess sort of wrapping up for me, um, I mean, this is this is Brockhampton's most ambitious a- ambitious project, like period, and it kind of stands as a as a sort of rebirth for the boy band. Mm-hmm. One of the sort of consistent themes of the album is like 
is that they kind of just want to be left alone to make their music and not be like read into, which I guess we kind of did this episode, but like not so much into their personal lives. And I think that's the main thing hmm. is that like, I mean, Bareface says it like explicitly on, on one of the songs where he actually just says, I don't want to be read. And I, I think that's, that's why I personally haven't sort of dug into the lyrics too much for this episode. Yeah. Also, I, I don't do that, really. That's not really my contribution to this show. Not your jam. Not my jam. But I, I kind of struggled with writing for this episode because, like, I mean, like I said earlier, like, to talk about this album, you have to talk about all of it. And it's really... It's daunting. If we wanted to, this this could be like a, like a three-hour episode. Mm-hmm. But, like, there's got to be a stopping point. Yeah. So, you know, like, I think that, that the original structure to the album was... And I think you kind of brought this up earlier, but it's just like, it's giving off this this sort of vibe that's just like, just just enjoy the songs, don't get lost in the meaning, just like disorienting you at the front and just being like, all right, you still here? All right, let's just like, yeah. then I trust you, you can you can continue on. Yeah. Do you have anything else to say about this before I have a little, uh, I have a little closing quote from um, an article? No, I, th- I think I'm, I think I'm good. So go ahead and, uh. Go ahead and, and take 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 us on take us on out of here with a quote. I'm driving this train. So this is from Rebecca Heathcote. I thought it was Heathcote, but there's an A in it, so it's Rebecca Heathcote Heathcliff. for Entertainment. Heathcliff, yeah. Heathcliff for entertainment. Let's let's not disrespect this woman we don't know. No, Re- I mean, you're the one that said to Heathcliff. Rebecca Heathcote for entertainment said in her article. This is from Kevin. We were excited and shocked and proud, says de facto leader Kevin Abstract about the chart-topping news. It felt like the biggest accomplishment because we made something that was very personal to us, and a lot of times when you make something that personal, it's probably not going to be the most successful thing you're making. But even after navigating those early struggles and having a number one album, Abstract knows there's plenty of work to do. There's so many goals we have, so it's kind of hard to sit down and have a proper celebration, he says. I just know we all want to be way more successful. I know that sounds kind of weird, knowing that we have the number one album in the country right now, but I still know that the possibilities are endless and limitless. There's so much more work that we need to do to be considered one of the greats. I think it's interesting that they, I mean, they they have this sort of, their ultimate goal is just to be big and popular and famous and notable. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's valid, for sure. Yeah. Also, I forgot about this little thing. Last, last quote from Soze Formali, the Triple J. Kevin says, If it didn't feel different, I feel like we would probably hate it. Abstract mentions. We kept making music before this album, and it all felt kind of similar to stuff we'd made before. We wanted to get away and make an album in London instead of Los Angeles. And I think those two big points of we can't celebrate yet because there's still so much to be done and we needed to do this somewhere else and so differently, otherwise we would hate it, are two of mm-hmm. like the big reasons why Iridescence is such an incredible album, but it's so hard to talk about. <laughs> like we've been trying to yeah. talk around yeah. it, trying to get to the heart of it, but there's so much being unsaid and so much that Rockhampton haven't opened up about that it's hard to talk about almost. Yeah, and like, I mean, also they don't need to open up about it for sure. Yeah, it's their lives. Yeah, and they most, I mean, they did release a big, like, documentary talking about the gap of, like, between the Saturation Trilogy and Iridescence that is not playing anywhere near me uh, and has not yet been released online. Mm. So we will wait and see. We'll wait and see on that. If uh, if it does get released online, we'll have like a watch party. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. A slightly sad watch party, most likely. Very serious documentary watch party. Yeah. I'll bring the snacks for myself because we live far away from each other. You can ship some to me. Yeah, but it has to go through customs and like. Mm. It'll probably get you like off to the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, I guess I guess that's it. I guess that's it, bud. So thank you so much for listening to Artificial Ghost Radio. If you have anything that you want to suggest for us to talk about on the first half of uh, the episode, or if you have a song suggestion, you can tweet us at ArtGhostPod or email us at ArtGhostPod. That's definitely 
how it's said, mm-hmm. artghostpod at gmail.com. We do a listener suggestions episode every couple of months, starting next week with episode 11. I mean it this time. This time for real. This time for real. We've changed the date, I think, two times now, Mm -hmm. but this time it's for real. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with a friend. Word of mouth is really the only way that we can advertise and get the show to new ears. So any word of mouth really helps. Um, Do I say anything else after that? Um, Hugs and kisses. Hugs and kisses. Moi. Reference to Dua Lipa. Oh, yeah. Uh, love you all and good night we will see you on the other side what an outro what an outro revolutionizing the game